0: I do not have a green thumb. I, the past few years, have tried to start a garden in my backyard, and it almost always ends up overrun with weeds, or one year, all of my cucumbers ended up just eating everything else in my garden. I had no less than 50 cucumbers that year. And then the next year, I wasn't able to grow anything. Then the next year, I tried to grow things from plants, and I maybe had a couple of jalapenos. But for the most part, every year, my garden has turned into a big flop. I really wish I could garden. I really want to learn how to garden. And so this year, we're going to try again. We're going to do some raised beds and we're going to really, you know, we've planted some fruit trees. We've got some blueberry bushes that maybe will give us some blueberries this year. We've got a blackberry bush. We're trying. But my guest today took the idea of a a garden in her backyard and decided that she no longer wanted to just feed her family. She wanted to feed her entire community on the south side of Chicago. And what was once a small little idea that she had is now a full-fledged dream that she is pursuing. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, a community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, no matter what you do for a career, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Natasha Nichols, blogger over at House Full of Nichols and the creator of We Sow We Grow, a community garden that is turning into a full-blown urban farm on the south side of Chicago. Natasha is just an incredible human being, we met a few years ago in person, and I have just loved her ever since. And her story of We Sow, We Grow, and the way she is using her platform of her blog to impact her community and others around her is absolutely incredible. You're going to love this conversation. You're going to laugh so hard because Natasha is hilarious. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Natasha. Natasha, I could not be more excited to have you on my podcast because you are legitimately one of my favorite people in the world and we only met in person one time. And so the fact that I love you this much and I've only met you in person one time and we've just had this internet friendship for the last like four years, uh, that just says a lot about who you are.
1: Oh, Thank you.
0: Well, I also want to just start off with a little bit of a story as to how we know each other because it's a very unique situation that Super
2: unique, yes.
0: That, that uh, a few of us bloggers. Uh, so, backstory. So, I guess it was 2000, what? It was 2015 or? Yeah, May of 2015. Yes. We, uh, a bunch of bloggers, we're all moms. We got invited to Hollywood. And we did not know when I look back at the kind of the craziness of this. Basically, we all got reached out to and they're like, there's this thing that we will pay you to come to Hollywood to do. But we're not going to tell you anything about it. (laughs) And so now that I look back, I'm like, why did I say
2: yes to this? But we all just went. We did we did and we could have gotten our kidneys taken we
0: really could have so we get this email that we're like they're like it's this holly this thing in hollywood it's super secret here's an nda i didn't even know what i was really signing and then we all ended up on a plane and then we go to the like the historic roosevelt hotel it was the Roosevelt, right? That's what it's called. Correct. Yeah, yep. right across from the Chinese Theater, and so we all arrived to this hotel, and like we're by the pool, and that was when you and I were sat by the pool, and we had appetizers together. And I just remember hearing you tell stories, and I was like, "This girl is amazing. I love her." <laughs> um, and we all, we all kind of sat there, going, "Like, do you know why we're here? We don't know why we're here." And long story short, it ended up being this kind of they called it mom friends and it was hopefully going to be a kind of think tank of moms where we would get pitched show ideas. I don't really, how would you explain it?
2: That's about, that's about the easiest way to explain (laughs) it. We were, we were supposed to be the sounding board for network executives and producers to come and see if their content was going to be family friendly. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, actually, you know yeah. what? And wasn't there? I, I there was like one of the shows that was pitched to us, like ended up getting made. Um, and I can't the remember. Um,
2: the the toy. There yeah. was a toy thing where the the kids were the kids were like uh, inventing toys. Yeah, it was like Shark Tank, but for toys.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. They ended up making it, but I just remember. Um, none of us really knew what this was and then there was like a girl who had worked with Ben Affleck came and talked to us and then <laughs> yeah it yeah. was just it was just such an interesting experience but then we just they kind of went radio silent on us and we just and
2: then we got that email saying hey yeah we no longer need your services <laughs> uh, thanks for participating bye
0: yeah and all of us were like cool <laughs> all right Um, Oh, oh, and but the best part about it is so so we're in Hollywood staying at this hotel. All of us are like some of us know each other. We kind of know each other from the Internet. And then that night they're like they take us to this super secret party at some uh, major mansion in Hollywood, uh, in the Hollywood Hills. And then we find out it was like Lionel Richie's house at one point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It used to it used to be Lionel Richie's house. And it was amazing. And it was just I don't know. Uh, it also let me know that I will never ever have the energy <laughs> yeah. to live in Hollywood yeah. oh, ever.
0: No way, no way. Yeah, I definitely could not do it. But I just remember being there at this party, and we oh we could not take pictures. We could. I mean, well, we could take pictures. We couldn't share them. And so all of us, all these content creators, are at this amazing house in Hollywood Hills, and none of us could share it. It was it was a true like test of our like willpower the
2: influencer hearts, yes, you yes. know, cuz we love sharing photos real time. We
0: do. We do. Um but, you know, in in the end, like it got me connected with you. It got me connected with uh Brandy Riley and Casey Brown. I mean, just so many amazing bloggers that I have now formed a relationship with. And so if anything, like it was a fun experience. It was a good story to tell and, you know, it 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 made connections that I think I'll have for life now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good way to um, you always have these stories like, how did I meet you? And you're like, yeah, 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 that was that was pretty epic.
0: Remember, remember that time? Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, OK, so, Natasha, I have just like I said, I'm so excited to have you on and share all about uh, not just your blog, but this incredible project of We So We Grow. So Without further ado, I want you to just dive in and give us the Natasha 101. So tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today.
2: Oh, wow. That's that's a lot. Um, so <laughs> I am Natasha Nichols, and I am a proud native of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am a, a laugher and a lover and, you know, um, very inquisitive I started uh, my blog, so the entity started with my blog, uh, House Houseful of Nickels, um, and that came about because I found out that I was pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. and blogs during that time always had like mommy to two boys and one girl in the title, um, and I'm lazy and cheap and didn't want to have to pay to change my domain name or title <laughs> several times, so we just created an umbrella, House Full of Nickels, so no matter how many children I had, I wouldn't have to change anything. Um, And that was nine years ago, oh my goodness,
1: Wow.
2: Uh, nine years ago. And from that, from starting the blog and kind of getting into the entire influencer network, um, I was connected with a program called the Illinois Farm Families City Moms Program. And we visited moms from the, the city of Chicago and the surrounding suburbs visited farmers within Illinois. And you know, learned all about uh, their practices, and we were able to ask questions about things like GMO and um, um, large, large uh, livestock uh, farming and you know things of that nature. And that kind of sparked um, something within me. And from there, we started growing our own food. And I know that there are a ton of people around that grow their own vegetables, you know, in their backyards and everything. But if you know me, you know, I don't do anything small when I do (laughs) it. Um, And my husband has learned that lesson for the last, oh, I I will be 39 this year. Um, For the last 25 years, we've known each other for a quarter of a century um, that I I do not do things small. And that has been something that has been my personality trait uh, for as long as I can remember. And when we when we started our backyard garden, um, that didn't that didn't stop, you know, and I wasn't satisfied with that. I wanted to be able to feed the neighborhood. So we asked our local aldermen. And for those of you who don't live in Chicago, aldermen are people who um, kind of look over the the different wards or neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. And we have 50 aldermen. um, And they allowed me to to be able to use a plot of land. And that kind of grew. So we grew from four boxes, raised beds, um, to 42. And we've been doing it ever since 2016, May 2016. So uh, we just got notification last year, early last year, that we would no longer be able to farm on that land because it's been slated for development. And I didn't want to lose what we had started within the neighborhood, even though my heart uh, and mind told me to just quit but we had, um, you know, we started something and people started asking about it and my husband would not let me give up on it last, last year. So we uh, changed our, our track and we're now looking to own the land that we will end up farming on and then make the program a little bit bigger than what it's been. So it's a it's a, a long it's a long journey that we have going on. My first um, thought was that $15,000 would be what I needed. Yeah, living in the city of Chicago, it's like 10 times that amount. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so we're, we're going to keep our head down and we're going to keep moving and, you know, applying for grants and everything. But that's, you know, that's who I am. I'm a mom of four. I have um, a child in college, a uh, freshman in, in college at Mizzou. Awesome. And then three little ones that I homeschool now. And, and I've been happily married to my husband, uh, who is, as you can see, my also childhood sweetheart. Um, for, ooh, I'm, I'm forgetting. So I'm, we got married in 20, 2007. So 12 years we will be celebrating. So yes, for those of you who are doing the math in your head, we did have a baby uh, <laughs> while we were in college. And he was in our wedding. So... Um, yeah, there. What that there? There you go. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, I love you. Um, but we we are we are here, and we're you know we're passionate about the the urban farming uh, journey that we're going on. But um, that's not the only thing. You know, I do a lot of travel. I sew, um, and I look busy on the the surface. But in in actuality, I have a really, really good support system that helps me out, that allows me to do all of these things that I love without becoming exhausted and, you know, kind of giving out.
0: That's so important because and I love that you said that it's like it's it's easy to kind of see what somebody's doing on the outside, what they're posting on social media and just think, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that, you know, how do they do all these things? And they're so busy. But then you forget, like, it really does take a village that is the most cliche thing but it could not be more true and you know we we could not do the things that we do without a community around us so I love that you you share that because that's important for people to know that it's okay to ask for help like it's okay and
2: you know with with social media everything looks so curated too right yes so you think oh here goes those parents again they're going away for another weekend alone. Uh, yeah, because I have a kid who's a teenager um, and he's in college. So now I can go away alone. But, yeah. you know, when when you and your husband or or you and your wife were were newlyweds um, and I had four kids that I couldn't leave by myself, I was in that same situation. So you have to, you know, you kind of have to understand that everybody is in a different, they're at a different uh, time point. Yes. Um, Um, with their lives and you cannot, you cannot compare yourselves, uh, with them. And I know we hear that all the time for some reason though, it's so hard for us to digest.
0: Yes, it really is. Because yeah, you, you hear that phrase, like don't compare your beginning with somebody else's middle. And that, that is so difficult for people. Yeah. People are like, Oh, you know, you're an overnight success. And it's like, no, there's like 10 years of work behind, (laughs) behind being that overnight success. Uh, Yeah. And it's, and life is hard with young kids and it can be busy and you can't say yes to everything. And so it's learning how to strike that balance of when to ask for help, when to say no to things. And it is trial and error. Like nobody, nobody gets it right the first time.
2: (laughs) Correct. And I don't think anybody gets it right, gets it right, you know, at the end, really, Um, unless they just learn to accept, hey, this is the life that I, I lived. I hope that I lived it fully and I hope that I lived it, you know, in a pleasing and honorable way. Yeah. Um, and I know that I didn't seize every moment, but the ones that were, you know, afforded to me, I'm, I'm hoping that I saw them and did right by them. So, you know. Yeah.
0: Now, I want to obviously talk about We So We Grow, but I want to back up a little bit and talk about your blog and sort of that platform that you built when you started a house full of nickels. I mean, obviously this was just kind of an, you didn't really know what it was going to turn into. This was just kind of an online space that you were creating. Um, At what point did you realize that this was now a community and a platform that you were given that you, you felt tasked to steward well? So this was like, a platform that you realized I can use this platform, not just to share my life with my child, you know, my childhood sweetheart and life with my kids, but this is a platform I can use to impact other people. At what point did that kind of click for you?
2: Oh, 20 in the end of 2017. Um, a lot of, a lot of my, my passions, um, I feel honestly and, and, it's so weird that this even comes up. I feel honestly would not be here if my sister were still alive. Um, and I, I, I know that people are like, wait, how does someone dying, you know, um, direct that? Uh, there was a lot of stuff that I was very complacent about, you know, when my sister was alive. And mm-hmm. I think I took a lot of things for granted. Uh, I'm intelligent. You know, I was on the right track. We were doing whatever um but a lot of the the jobs uh that i had had up until that point i was 22 when she died um just weren't satisfying for me but i worked them because that's what i was supposed to do if that makes sense yeah and after she passed away and after i came out of my grieving funk um i realized that one of the things about my sister uh that i admired was the fact that she was going to do what made her happy um and what was responsible for the most part, but it had to make her happy.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and I started living life like that, you know, um, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I'm still going to uh, provide for my children and my family and my house. I'm still going to make sure that bills get paid and everything.
1: Yeah,
2: But if it's not, if it's not making me happy, then, then that's not going to happen. And I started the, the community garden fully expecting people not to participate. Um, and to not be interested online. Because when we share things about ourselves online and they're too happy, people find fault <laughs> with yes. that. You know? um, oh, here goes another person. And people kept asking me questions about things that I was growing because I was sharing about that and, and the process. And before long, I formed a group on Facebook so people could ask their hardcore questions there without you know having to tag me on my page or on their page and I'm missing it. Um, And that group grew beyond um, what I thought it would. And we've been going strong for two and a half years now. And people are continuing to add their friends. And, you know, that's when I knew that was a bigger thing. Because um, people were holding me accountable for sharing something that I love. And encouraging me to keep getting um, educated by it. So my husband and I. And my husband's always usually an unwilling, I shouldn't say unwilling. That's not the <laughs> right word. He's, he's normally an unknowing participant in in all of my shenanigans. And um, before he knows it, he's being called uh, a, a community garden manager. And he's like, wait, what? I am? this is what we're doing. So now we're, we're registered for, um, a master in urban farming training program. Wow. And he says, uh, wait, I, I registered for that. And I'm like, yeah, you did. It's <laughs> we're we're in the <laughs> class. We're in this together. And he, you know, without his support, um, um, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. And I know he's tired cause he works out of the house. Uh, and he works with a, um, huge railroad uh corporation so there are often days where he thinks he's gonna have an eight-hour day and he ends up you know having like a 16-hour day Mm. and um meanwhile i'm having the same 16-hour day but in a different plane than than he is
1: yeah and
2: you know um for uh, a project to not be his (laughs) in the first place and and him to have to work on it i i know he i know he loves me and i know he respects. Uh, the the vision that I have for it. So, yeah, I think late 2017 was when I realized that it was serious and that we needed to kind of expound. And then I spent all last year scared mm. um, of, of uh, what I had to do and my calling on that, you know. Yeah. But what if it doesn't work? And what if nobody wants to donate any money? And what if, you know, this happens? And what if that happens? Um, and I don't know if you saw when we did the fundraiser, I only initially asked for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And and that ballooned and we ended up raising uh, we were just shy of six thousand. Mm-hmm. So we'll do one each quarter probably, kinda like NPR does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, do like a a phonathon. <laughs> do an old school phonethon or like when yeah. when like the seven hundred club is like, Ooh, you know, right. it's time it's right. time for the fundraising. They get you they know, pulling it out. And,
2: you know, we might cut it a day short if people <laughs> if people do it, if people do it and, and donate. Yeah. Uh but yeah. it's it is what it is and, and no. people donate to what they believe in and that let me know that people believed in me. And it was uh it was very humbling. And um I cried a lot <laughs> during during the fundraising. <laughs>
0: Well, seeing you just really put yourself out there in a way that is you, you, you created a space where it was okay to feel vulnerable and to be risky. And I loved how honest you were when you just shared that you were like, this was, you know, I, I set my goal at $750 and God was like, nope. Like I have yeah. bigger plans for you. And it was just such a, an encouragement to me and I think an encouragement to others of just going scared and being willing to step out and take a risk. And when you feel as though this is something that you're called to do, like God is going to open the door for you. He is going to provide a way. And sometimes it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. (laughs) And to outsiders, they might be like, what? That's crazy. But It is just amazing how over and over and over again, you can see that when you just step out in faith and you step out and go through that door that's been opened, how often the opportunity just becomes even more than what you had originally envisioned, you know?
2: Yes. Yes. That is so true. And, you know, one of those things that I'm reminded of uh, every night before going to bed, you know, what is, what is my, what is my, what is my reason? Mm. um and uh yeah I have a I have a uh, a whole bunch of them
0: yeah now you started out with this garden just in your backyard w- did you know how to garden before this or did you just kind of t- teach yourself as you went of course I
2: didn't know how to garden. <laughs> um <laughs> this is uh you will the longer you know me the the more you'll realize that I tend to jump feet first into things mm-hmm. um I learned how to sew on YouTube um from youtube videos and uh my stubbornness would not allow me to uh give it up um and this is a true story my husband took a class at vogue because he wanted to make his own clothes because he does does not like shopping my my husband is uh the baby of his family i am the firstborn. you realize that once he went to class uh, uh, an invisible challenge was thrown down, mm. and I had to learn how to sew too. But I did not want to go to Vogue. Yeah. Um. So I learned on you. I learned through YouTube and reading sewing blogs, and now I have an Etsy shop where I make bags and everything. Um. And I I think that I do a decent job. Um. And it was the same with with gardening, where I wanted to know all the information, but I also wanted to be respectful of the people before me who. did this for a living yeah um and not to come off as some know-it-all so I listened a lot Mm. and applied a lot of things and um had the audacity to think that I could do it here in the city of Chicago and we have been
0: that's incredible so we're for those that may be familiar with the city and you don't obviously you don't need to give us your address what area of Chicago are you in
2: I am on the very far south side of the city. So I'm in West Pullman. Okay. Um, and I used to live city center. Um, I miss it because uh, public transportation is a lot better there. And we moved to an area of the city that is coming up with, you know, in their development. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of things are, are coming and we wanted to get in um, beforehand to help. Be a part of that of, of that uh, developmental journey, um, and it's not as developers. I wish we could be, because then you know we would we would make sure that a lot of stuff was done, like grocery stores and yeah. things like that, and that they weren't so far away. Um, so when we moved here, we found that there were a lot of empty lots in the area, and that's kind of when the wheels started turning for us. Yeah, but very far, very far south. So I am. Uh, if you are familiar with Chicago, you have to get on 57 to get to my house.
0: Yeah. Now, at what point did you realize, like, you had this passion to take it out of your own backyard and feed your neighborhood? And how does that work in practice? Like, what does it look like to have an urban farm and a community garden that feeds a neighborhood?
2: Um, it it looks messy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you know that right off the bat. And it looks a lot like people coming through and... Um, sitting on the outskirts of the farm and talking to me until they feel comfortable enough to come in and ask for, for what they want, or for me to kind of read body language and know that people may be too embarrassed or, or too full of pride because that, that happens often too. Mm. Um, So, you know, uh, asking them if they, if they've ever tried um, a new variety of tomato that I know, typically isn't sold in grocery stores. Yeah. So, you know, you're not getting typically in a grocery store, you're probably getting beef steak and um, heirloom varieties, but you know, you're not going to have Cherokee purple or Mr. Stripey. So with names like that, I can normally pull people, pull people into, into the garden. And then we start talking about ways that they can help. And, and through volunteering, they're able to come through and, and get, you know, things that they want to eat or want to try. Uh, and, Hopefully this year we will be offering classes on how to prepare what we grow. So it's not a community garden in the sense that people buy a plot and and only farm on that, you know, on that, in that um, raised bed. It's a full-blown community garden.
0: That is so, so cool. How did you start to... I don't know. I don't want to use the word market, but it's the only thing that can come to mind. Like, how did you get the word out to your neighborhood and to your community? Hey, we have this plot of land that we're gardening on. We want you to come and help us. And we want to provide food for the neighborhood. Like, what did that look like?
2: Me being chatty, like I am normally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's, that's it. It's, uh we live in a, a neighborhood that's super walkable mm-hmm. and a lot of people are on bikes all the time. Yeah. So when people the reason that we started it too is because we saw when we were building our home that everybody walked by and nobody spoke. You know, it it was uh it was not near what I grew up with, you know, yeah. um, where we could go into our neighbors' homes. Uh, and and just go because we knew everybody on our block and we knew mostly everybody in the neighborhood and you know the street behind us and the street you know in front of us or whatever, um, and and it felt it felt odd for me to be moving into a new community, and no one was speaking at yeah. all, and now um, when we we had chickens um, we have to get new ones but when we had chickens a couple of times they got out and people would uh, call me or come and ring the doorbell. Because they knew those chickens belonged to the lady, you know, uh, in that in that particular house, and that's how relationships formed, and you know, phone numbers passed, and now we have people calling to check on people through surgery or congratulating their children when they graduate. So it's 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 fostering the community in the neighborhood the way that we want it to, um, and it's
0: not happening.
2: Fast, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a marathon, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's happening, and it's 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 making me happy.
0: That's amazing, and also I just love to know that there are chickens just chilling in the south side of Chicago. Like,
2: <laughs> I oh, love there it. Chickens, there are chickens everywhere in Chicago. I love uh, it. That's awesome. Uh, Chicago, yeah. Cook County is a very livestock friendly um, city, That's and cool. a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I so did not chickens, know that at all. Go Goats, you'll see ducks. Um, you can have turkey. <laughs> uh you cannot have you cannot have cattle, obviously, because no. um reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <it's laughs> you have be, to have uh, enough poop. space, obviously, for, <laughs> for the type of livestock that you're yeah. going to keep. And because of cow manure and everything. Yeah. Uh, it can't produce any type of horrible um smell. But rabbits, uh, ducks, chickens, goats, all of those that uh, their their poop is a little bit less smelly. Yeah. <laughs> than than cows and 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 um, pigs.
1: Yeah. We can have
2: it, and you'll. The problem is on the south side of Chicago. You don't see it as often as you do on the north side, which mm-hmm. is more affluent. Oh, Okay. Um, and that's something that's a perspective I want to change as well.
0: I think that's incredible, and just I, I yeah. I mean, I there's so much that I would love to say there but i just think that it's just i love that you have created this sense of community i love that everybody knows you now is like that's the lady that the house down there she's got the chickens <laughs> like it's just that's amazing but um yeah cuz i grew up in a neighborhood like that where it was like we all knew our neighbors and everybody lived in their houses for a really long time and so it was You know, my parents never questioned if I went outside to go somewhere that I would be safe because I had 18 different moms looking after me because the whole neighborhood was. And that's that's something that I have desired for my own kids. And um, I mean, we all desire that for our families to grow up in a community where we know and we love and we trust our neighbors. And um, what a just unique and beautiful way that you have done that in your neighborhood through an urban farm. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So yeah. So my next question is obviously you got this news at the end of 2018 or sometime in 2018 that you can't farm on that land anymore because it's been slated for development. Do you know the plot of land that you're looking to own? Is it going to be that same? Like what is the vision for it now? Are you going to have to move things or are you going to have to, what are you doing
2: we do have to move things, and we have the the land um, in our sites, and it is uh, free land. And by free, I don't mean free from cost. Yeah. Um, I mean nobody's nobody's developing on it, and the city owns it, okay. which means that they can totally um, allot it to us and sell it to us and let us let us develop on it. So we want to partner with a program here in in Chicago called Neighbor Space, and they're a land acquisition firm. Mm-hmm. Which is also a nonprofit, so they will they will do all of the paperwork for us to make sure that the land stays deeded to the We So We Grow project, and then that way we don't have to pay um, out of the nose for developing on the land. And then I just have to make sure um, that you know, in the, on the back end, everything runs accordingly. So yeah. paperwork. So this is not something that. You know, you can just kind of go la-di-da with, and and not not do the paperwork more. Yeah. Um, this is real business, but still nonprofit side. So, you know, it's a it's a. I think last week I wanted to quit. Um, and I go through that that cycle often where, uh, stuff happens way faster than I'm anticipating, and I'm like, oh, I'm done. That's it. You know, we're not doing this any anymore. And my husband's like, listen we've put like 5 million hours <laughs> into this entire thing. You're going to sit down, we're going to sit down together and we're going to get through this paperwork because there's no way that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, yeah, and we just gave up on it. No, we're not We're not doing that. So um, we're taking it step by step and we have our, our space and our idea for what we want to do. We're working with a an architectural renderer which is uh, the person that draws the landscape and um, you know where people are on it and draws it the way that you you envision it so that we can we can you know present it to our aldermen um, for approval.
0: I think that is just so exciting and I I mean I know it's so much work, obviously <laughs> uh, yeah. but it's just, you know, I think what a cool opportunity that maybe something at one point that when you got that news that you were going to no longer be able to use that land, while it felt like maybe there was a door closing. It was actually an opportunity for a bigger and better plan and something bigger and better yes. than you could have even imagined. So I think that's a cool lesson too, is like sometimes when there are setbacks, you know, there's a, a pastor I listen to sometimes who who likes to say, Sometimes the biggest setbacks are set ups for what God is gonna do even greater things in our lives and I just
2: absolutely and you know it doesn't help that I'm married to um a preacher over here. <laughs> Uh, we're not we're not a pastor and a pastor's wife, but uh, in our church he is a he's considered a preacher. And yeah, I I get these pep talks often. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 you know there there are days where you're like, listen, Jesus, come on now. I know. Let's
0: come on now. What what are you trying tell to give me? To
2: grocery to store. Yeah. <laughs> tell, him, tell him he needs to go to the grocery store
0: um and I love that you you've said this a couple times um and we talked about him a little bit earlier but I love how much you you and your husband work together as a team um and how encouraging you are like I love your your car talks um that you guys do on Facebook and uh because you you guys are just such a great example of just a, a really strong marriage that um you know I know you guys have been through a a lot and it's just such an example of like when a husband and wife like really come together and they are a team and it's like you guys have each other's back no matter what and yes he gets signed up for for uh, for for master's gardening classes and you get signed up for for learning how to sew and but you uh, you have each other's back all the way and that's just it's a, a beautiful picture of marriage I love it.
2: Thank you very much. We're Team Nichols over here. Yes, you know, that's that's who we are, Team Nichols.
0: Yes, Team Nichols. Um, now, I I remember a couple years ago, uh, and I don't remember when exactly it was. I know you would know, uh, but you got to go on the Harry Connick Jr. show for your garden. <laughs> How did that come about?
2: Um, from what From what I was told, the producers googled me. And I still don't know what they Googled in order to get me. Um, but I'm glad they did. And yeah. I'm glad whatever whatever keywords they put into Google <laughs> yeah. um, led, them, led them to my blog and my little corner of the world. And uh, he was a large part, he and his show were a large part of kind of getting more of the story out for me and more people excited. Because, of course, when a celebrity says something people tend to listen a little bit more yeah you know so
0: was it just such a unreal opportunity were you just beside yourself I mean I remember when you shared about it on Facebook and I I set my DVR to record Harry's show (laughs) and and he's such a sweetheart that's awesome
2: he's such a you know um he's um, no he's
0: no Benedict Cumberbatch but no, he is he is not.
2: He is not. But he is a. He is I know a you good, love,
0: <laughs> I know you love you some Benedict. <laughs> he was a. He was a nice. He
2: was a nice uh, addition to the entire realm. Yeah. Um yeah. He's such a uh, an advocate for
1: yeah.
2: um, farming in general because he's he's from New Orleans.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know he was sharing with the children that you know on on his grandparents' farm or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Dyna- family dynamics. But, you know, how things how things happen and how this kind of took him back. So it was really it was really nice to see.
0: Yeah, it was it was so cool. I just remember watching that episode and just cheering for you and just and your joy and just seeing how humbled you were for the experience. It just really came through on the show. And I just loved seeing seeing that feature on you. It was just it was incredible. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much.
0: Now uh, I know that you have talked about this before, and it it actually occurred to me while we were talking that I was like, "Okay, I have to ask her about this uh, because it's a fun fact about you that some people know, some people don't." You were in the audience. You know what I'm going to (laughs) say. You were in the audience when Oprah gave out the cars in the infamous "You get a car and you get a car" episode.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: I I, just I have to ask.
2: I've had a lot of celebrity uh, uh, interactions. Haven't I? Um, it almost it almost sounds like uh, these people actually know me, and they don't. I wish they did. Uh, stuff stuff would happen a lot faster if they did. I was, um, and I got to tell her last year that she gave me a car because uh, she I did a press junket for for my official job for Houseful of Nichols um, for A Wrinkle in Time, and we got to interview her.
0: Oh my goodness. I forgot about that. Yeah. And what did yeah. she say? Was So did you just say, hey, I was in the audience when I got the car?
2: Um. Well, kind of. Uh, first of all, I cried. <laughs> um, I would have because, too. <laughs> because uh, I, I do believe that was a turning. That was like a turning point in the traje- trajectory that my life was on. Mm. Uh, it was right after, um, my sister passed away.
1: Oh. And,
2: um, that was my birthday. The, the day that we filmed that was my birthday. It was oh. my 24th birthday. Wow. Um, and it was the first time that a friend had actually gotten me to come out, oh. uh, of my house and do anything. So I looked, I looked horrid. It was, it was bad, oh. uh, the way that I looked on, on camera. And I, I was able to thank her for, um, because who passes up Oprah, right? Right. Uh, um, and you know, let her know that 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 changed the 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 way that I kind of viewed things. Mm. Um, and it the car came at a time where we needed it. You know, we were carless. My son was only four, um, and we were going back and forth from Wisconsin because uh, that's where I lived for undergrad. And you know, we needed a car. And that that came at the right time. And it was just it was it was such divine intervention, um, I feel. And, you know, it it allowed me to also see that wherever I am, that's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So I can't feel guilty about the interactions that I have. And, you know, um, with people saying things like, man, I wish I were you. No, no. (laughs) I mean, because. A lot of this is hard work. Yeah. It looks really great to be at a a, a wrap-up party for Wrinkle in Time taking photos with celebrities. But the work that came after that and writing up articles and everything.
1: Yeah.
2: um, And making sure that people who need to see it are seeing it. That's hard work. And it sounds fluffy, right, to a lot of people. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Not uh, homeschooling three children and then running the urban farm and then making sure that dinner and lunch and breakfast are... Right. Yeah, because it's not we're not separate from that. Mm-hmm. We're you know, our little cubicles are right inside the home base or right inside the schoolhouse, you know, uh, and it's it's something I wouldn't trade. But there are days where I'm like, oh, did I choose the wrong profession?
0: Yep. Um, yeah. And then I
2: have those interactions like I did with her and with Harry Conning Jr. And I know I didn't.
0: Yeah. 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 That's such a, oh gosh, that's such a good point. And it's those moments that really help you kind of push through the other moments when you really just want to give Uh up because Lord knows I have them too. Uh, what did Oprah say when you told her?
2: Uh, first of all, I apologize for hugging her, um, on that day (laughs) because background, I do not like huggers. I don't like random huggers. I don't like people who I don't know or who I've just met hugging me like, a relationship has to be formed. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, and people often just think that I just hate hugging. I don't. I just I'm. I have to warm up to you. And uh, she she told me that she was going to take her hug back, and she gave me a hug, and um, she let me know that uh, uh-huh. people are destined to do great things, and if we're not, then we're not we're not going to be where where we need to be. So our destinies, you know, let us know um what we what we should be doing. and yeah. um, yeah, that sat with me. yeah that sat with me for a while.
0: I love that now, uh, do you still have the car because I think at one point you said you did
2: I do I yeah. do. It's not we don't drive it often. um, there's some work that needs to be done on it, but I still have it.
0: I think it's awesome. that's because awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. it's the like one of the most iconic television moments ever. and to know that, like, I know somebody who was there and got a car, I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. sometimes you just don't realize, like, oh no, no, you'll, people got cars, <laughs> like, yeah. yes,
2: and and I think they gave out a total of 250 cars.
0: Wow, wow, it's just unreal. And and had you been to see Oprah before or was like, cause I know like you, you obviously lived in Chicago was, or was this, this was your first time and like, man, what a first time.
2: Uh, That was my very first time being on her show. And um, I attended two more shows, two more tapings of hers before um, she ended the show. I attended one um, with Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah. And then I went to a show while I was uh, pregnant with the twins and ended up in preterm Um, labor right after the fact and didn't let anybody know didn't let any of the producers know because she saw a couple of us a couple of us were pregnant and obviously pregnant with twins I look like I'm about to pop yeah Uh, and she says do not go into labor during the show (laughs) don't do it and of course she said it and preterm started so uh yeah yeah. Oh my goodness. I refused to say anything. Everything was okay. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, kept them in full term. But it was uh, it's quite interesting. It's like they heard her and they were like, challenge. Yeah.
0: Challenge. Ex- <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, Natasha, this is I could just talk to you about everything and anything uh, for hours on end. Um, But this is the portion of the show where we transition just a little bit. And not that we haven't been talking about fun things because we have. But it's one of my favorite parts because I just get to ask you just some fun, lighthearted, get to know you questions. So this is also the portion of the show, Natasha, where my amazing and talented executive producer husband um, inserts a like a movie clip or a sound effect of sorts to transition us. And we never know what it's going to be. So it's always just, you know, Uh-oh. okay. <laughs> it's always going to be fun. <laughs> All right. So, Natasha, are you ready? Yes. Okay, everybody, listen up. Here is the deal. If your box has a key, you will be the
2: last person today to get one of those cute little G sixes. Okay. Who will it be?
0: Are you ready? Hold on.
2: Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes, one, two, three.
0: All right. So the first thing, and I'm putting you on the spot just a little bit here. Uh, so you one of the things that you do all the time is every day, multiple times a day, sometimes you post cr- corny jokes on yeah. Facebook. And I literally <laughs> laugh out loud at them all the time. Uh, what is one of your favorite corny jokes that you tell that just cracks you up no matter what?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> 19, 19 and 20 had a fight. 21. Oh. Uh- <laughs> i love it my husband hates it I love every it. single time i tell him he's like would you please stop for the love of all things holy stop it my I'm mom gonna... hung up on me because of that of that joke
0: oh my goodness i'm gonna tell uh i'm gonna tell that one to my kids and let them tell it because <laughs> i think they'll think it's funny um okay if you could only eat one food from your garden for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Ooh, tomatoes.
0: Tomatoes. All day, Is there all day every day. Any, yes. any specific kind of tomato? Uh, between
2: the sun sugar and the sun gold because it's like eating candy.
0: Mm, I don't think I've ever had those.
2: You have to try them. They're really good.
0: Ooh. All right. Well, we're doing my husband and I, and by my husband and I, I mean my husband will, and then I will stand there and go, you did great, babe. Uh, we're doing some, we're doing some raised garden beds this year. Uh, I, I have attempted gardening uh, for many years now and it, um, I fail at it a lot. I, I really want to be good at it and I am not, but my husband is like, he is determined to have an urban farm in our backyard. And so we're so going to have
2: to. You're going to join our group. We'll make a gardener out of you. Yes. You know
0: it. Yes. Um, and so we're doing raised garden beds this year. So maybe we, we'll try growing some of those tomatoes, and I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what cheesy song do you have completely memorized?
2: Oh, Men in Black. Uh, <laughs>
0: <yes>. <laughs> Here
2: come the Men in Black. That's the one. Mm. Um, and it came that on I the see- radio. What did it come on the radio for? But it came on the radio and I did the entire rap while my husband was driving. And when it went off, he gave me a look like, oh, my, I cannot, I cannot believe, you know, every <laughs> single word to that.
0: Oh, what baby, just bounce world? with me. Just bounce with me. Just- <laughs> you
2: know, I, Will Smith is also my my uh, my favorite, too. Yes. Yeah.
0: Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and Will Smith. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Are you excited? Are you as excited about Will Smith as the genie in Aladdin as I am?
2: Um, I am after he said he was going to be blue.
0: Yeah, oh. I was a
2: little bit worried about the little top knot bun and, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, all of that. But, like, we need the genie to look like a genie. And he doesn't look genie enough on the the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Um, And I do also love that he said he's completely nervous because he knows what a fantastic job Robin Williams did with the character. Yeah. Um, and to know that he respects it in that way makes me respect him even more.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've, I saw that same interview, and he just talked about how, like, at first he wanted to say no, and yeah. because he was just like, how are you going to live up to Robin Williams' performance? But, yeah, so I think he'll make it his own, which is, I think, part of why I'm so excited, because he's, yes. yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the most unpleasant-sounding word? <laughs>
2: Do I have one? Um, I don't think I have one. I know a lot of people hate moist, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's usually like the the most common one.
2: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of a lot of people also hate the word juicy. Ooh. Um, um, <laughs> and someone someone told me uh, that they hate the word panties as well. Yeah, which is that's is the word I hate. Oh, you hate that one. I hate the word. Maybe it was you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. No, 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 no,
0: no. It's okay. I'm not like. I'm not like offended by it. I just prefer not to use it personally. (laughs) There aren't um
2: panties. too many uh, for <laughs> me. And, you know, we'll end this and then I'll, I'll, I'll remember and, or something will come up and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't.
0: Yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. Um, And you're like me too. Um, One of the things I love and respect about you is you don't allow any cursing on your Facebook page and I'm the same way. And so people get mad when I delete their, their perfectly fine comment. But if it has a curse word in it, I'm like, no,
2: no. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Get that out of here.
2: You know, um, other people have boundaries, right? Yeah. So, I, I'm learning my boundaries are my boundaries. Right. Uh, and someone says, well, I don't, I don't like language policing. I'm like, I'm, it's my, it's my page. Like you do whatever you want to do, wherever else you want to do it at. Right. But on my page and in my house or in my car, um, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, the same with smoking or, you know, things, things of that nature. And I just, I don't know. Um, I'm not a swearer and I've never I've never really been one. I've used swear words before when I was in high school and um, that's about it. I think I stopped probably freshman year because it just didn't feel right.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I that used is to not
2: be I to say though, that they don't go through my head <laughs> yeah. at, at times.
0: <laughs> yeah. I used to be a big uh admittedly like and people that know me from college and the years after college before i was walking with the lord <laughs> i was <laughs> there were definitely some swear words that came out of my mouth a lot um yeah and it and it wasn't ever really i think a conscious decision for me to to really stop cursing it, uh-huh. um or at least severely cut back on it um yes there have been times where I've stubbed a toe and said some words I probably shouldn't have um but yeah I think it it was just kind of a gradual change for me um in, in changing my habits and but yeah so I just I think it's awesome I, I really respect that about you
2: well you know and I I have my my uh my favorite swamp donkey, swamp donkey. Uh, that I use whenever yeah. yeah whenever I need to convey displeasure with things yeah. um and thats <laughs> That's about it. I love it. But just for me, swearing isn't for me. If it's if it's your your cup of tea, yeah, go for it. Just don't get upset if I, you know, remove myself from the situation. That's all.
0: No, yeah, no. I, I think it's it's kind of like one of those, you know, you you know what you do you. We're all grownups. Yes. We're all grownups yes. here. All right, and my last question, Natasha, is what are you most grateful for today?
2: Oh, um, a warm house. Mm, yes. Yes. It is currently negative forty-five degrees. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. It feels like negative forty-five in Chicago. I am grateful for a a warm house and happy children who you know who don't even understand. Well, no, they do. Yesterday, um, my oldest daughter uh, was just like, "Yeah, I'm not going out." The wind hurt my face when I opened the door, and it shouldn't do that. So we're <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna stay right here.
0: <laughs> We're just going to stay right here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Natasha, this has been such a joy, such a pleasure to have you on. I knew it would be such a fun conversation. Um, And I cannot wait to see what you do with We So We Grow and where it goes from here. And I just know that whatever you're dreaming right now... It's going to be so much more than that in such a good way. And you're just going to bless so many people in your community and beyond. So thank you so much for everything that you do. And thank you for chatting with me today.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed myself today.
0: Do you see what I mean as to why Natasha is legitimately one of my favorite people in the world? I love her ability to be so honest and transparent and the way that she shares her vision so clearly. She is impacting her community, her neighborhood in incredible ways and she's really changing the face of agriculture through the work that she does. I learn so much from her regularly and I know that you learn something too. So I would actually really love to know what you liked about this episode or something that you learned. Let me know on social media you can find me at still being molly or at business with purpose podcast on instagram or facebook and don't forget that hashtag business with purpose podcast thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you're a first time listener welcome be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses and if you are a regular listener of the show thank you for tuning in week in and week out and thank you for your support be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. As always, this show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.